You're listening to WNHHLP, 103.5 FM New Haven, streaming live at www.newhavenindependent.org and broadcasting live from our offices on Elm Street. This is another episode of Artbeat with Dan Fitzmorris. And welcome to Artbeat, which is an exploration into the visual landscape of Greater New Haven. I'm Daniel Fitzmorris, the Executive Director at Creative Arts Workshop. And it is a joy to have Paulette Rosen and Lisa Hess Hesselgrave in the studio for the first time ever today. And I've invited them because they each have um, a, a, a dual exhibit called Double Vision at the Willoughby Wallace Memorial Library in Stony Creek, which has just opened and it's going to remain open until the 31st and I know Lisa and Paulette because they're both on faculty at the Creative Arts Workshop. I also know the Willoughby Wallace Memorial Library because it is in a beautiful location and it's a beautiful library and they do lots in the visual arts. And so welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So um, who would like to introduce themselves first? I, I've already given the byline that you teach at Creative Arts Workshop, and you're welcome to plug the Creative Arts Workshop in your intro, but you're many, many more roles in this community than, than that, I'm sure. Go ahead. I'm a visual artist, and I have been connected with Creative Arts Workshop for a long, long time, probably about 30 years, believe it or not. I believe it. So, um, and also I've been connected to the Willoughby Wallace Library for many years, mainly just as a patron, but this is also the second time I've had a show there in Stony Creek, which is really part of Branford. Well, I, I know it's part of Branford, and I'm just reading the back of the card. It's very, very specific that it's in Stony Creek, which is, of course, Branford. Well, thanks for being on the show. It's my pleasure, Dan. Hey, Paulette. Hi, Dan. Uh, I am head of the book arts department at Creative Arts Workshop and also a visual artist. I've been teaching at CAW for about 18 years um, and do a lot of drawing and teaching elsewhere. So I have a lot of different hats that I wear. Ooh, excellent. Well, we'll dive into those things. And and one thing that, um, to start the conversation, um, and, and I don't even know a lot about this, you know, you have a lot of different disciplines you might work in. I don't know where you were even trained or went to school. You know, how did you get to name yourselves? You both said it. You both named yourselves as visual artists. How did you mm. get to the path of naming yourselves as visual artists from a, a practice standpoint, a degree standpoint? You want to start, Lisa? Well, all of my training has been as a visual artist. And I did, I went uh, as a young person, I went to art school and trained as a painter you mean as a little little person no you went as, to art an, school? as a young adult as a young adult yes College where did you go age. i went to a couple places in philadelphia i started at moore college of art and then i went to the pennsylvania academy of the fine arts and that's where i got my bachelor's degree and then i went on to graduate school at the yale school of art which right. is what brought me to New Haven. There you go. And what's your what's your medium primarily? Uh, well, I primarily oil painting, pastel, charcoal, graphite, and moving more and more into mixed media, which can be almost anything at this point. Oh. Throwing bits and pieces of stuff 
Excellent. into some of the work. Excellent. Theo, Paula? Similar? Were you a little, 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 little? I really was a little, 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 little really? artist. I went to a nursery school when I was three that was run by a pair of artists uh, in the neighborhood that I grew up in. Uh, and, and where was that? That was in suburban Philadelphia. Okay, look at the Philly yeah, connection. Yeah, it was the Philly connection. I didn't know that. And uh, in fact, one of them was uh, faculty at what was then called Philadelphia College of Art. Uh, so I identified, continued to identify as an artist all through my growing up. Um, college was a mixed bag of studying arts and lots of other social sciences. I still identified myself as an artist, but uh, I went off and had a career in uh, early child development for about 15 years before I came back to making art. Um, That's interesting. And, yeah. and your discipline, I know, is complex because you have a bunch of different types of work that you make. Yes. So the exhibit that, that Lisa and I are, are sharing right now is an exhibit. I have uh, multimedia drawings that I do as well as uh, small diorama boxes. Um, so they're more related to the bookbinding work that I do at Creative Arts Workshop, which is making handmade books and handmade boxes. So I make boxes as art as well. Very, very, no, it it's... was very great. It was very nice having her do a lot of the, well, she made an amazing guest book for our show. <laughs> it's just Handmade book, just as a guest book. Oh, really? I'm yeah. hoping we'll use again someday. That would somewhere. be great. Yeah. That's a very good idea. Well, then that's another question I had, which is, I mean, I know, I mean, I know from from being at the workshop that not all of the time do faculty members see each other, and it really stood out to me when I got this show yeah. card in my mailbox at work that I said, oh, these are people from different yes. departments and different a, wavelengths, and they live in different places. And how did right? So how did how did Paulette and Lisa get on one show card at the Willoughby Wallace Library. A coincidence? Well, we were assigned that by the art committee, but it was probably more than a coincidence. I'm sure they were looking for potential compatibility. Oh, so so how does this process work then? Because that's it's new to me and might be new to a lot of people. I mean, it's um it's a it's a really lovely venue. Um but how does the process work as an artist? If you wanted to get your work in this library, how would you do that? Um, I think it's just once a year that they uh, accept submissions. You bring work in on a certain day. I think it's in the spring. You physically bring in Yes, you bring in three oh. examples of work. And then there's an art committee that decides who can show, and they pair people up or sometimes give solo shows. And they set a schedule for in the entire year. Yeah, in that in the summer. Oh, so you came in in the summertime, so and you can... didn't know that each of you had applied necessarily, and you no. wouldn't have known. See, this is fascinating. And we actually had never met. We had never <gasps> met. We probably have been in the same room together, but we had never officially met. Oh my gosh! See, I assume. I mean, I just assumed you had come up with this wonderful idea about how that was going to work. So then, and then the the library contacts you, and 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 they'll mm -hmm. accept submissions from anyone, mm -hmm. right? They just yeah. bring in yeah. the work to evaluate. Yes. It's quality or that you have scope mm -hmm. that might mm -hmm. be exhibited. Mm -hmm. What did you think when you got paired with someone that teaches in the same place you teach, but you have maybe not met yet? Um, I was pleased. Yeah. thought it would be a good, a good match. And I think it has been. Yeah. Quite pleased. And in fact, we're teaching the same night this semester. 
Well, that's an odd So we've just been able to hang <laughs> out at Creative Arts Workshop. For Wednesday, the Wednesday night. night crew. That's really, really, I, that surprises me altogether. So then when you, then the show then is called Double Vision, though. So how does that? We came up with that. So you did we sort of meet and you decided if oh, we're going to yeah. be in this show together, we, we may met. as well not make Shared work. our work. You did that. Yeah, in person and brainstormed for a couple of weeks and settled on that. So what, is, so what does the title mean? Then? Other than the fact that there are two different artists, you probably have two different visions about your work or two different ways of looking at, um, at the process. How did you get to double vision? I could think of other titles too, but you know. Oh, like what? Yeah, <laughs> double trouble. I mean, how did you get <laughs> to, one. how did you get this to one this? we eliminated? <laughs> <laughs> what did you, what did you want to express in the title? Cause I think it's probably hard to make it, a dual it, title. Um, it, it's a good title because it says to, it says both two individual artists showing their very individual work, but it also brings it together in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. I, I think how you describe the notion of what double vision evokes is, is quite accurate. I mean, two people with two different visions, two people with two different visions, um, I actually afterward, Lisa, thought that the fact that we were showing at a library and we had the title Double Vision mm-hmm. was kind of funny. Oh, there's a literary joke in there. There's a literary there. joke <sighs> in there. There's a reading joke I in just there. Got that. You know, yeah. I like it. Well, then let's delve into each of your work then, because if someone, um, I mean, you've got some really evocative images on the card, um, which are, are very, I think, suggestive and they do they're sort of compatible together in a way, but like what work did you bring to this exhibit, Lisa, and why? What what sort of, if you're looking in your studio and deciding what to bring as a, as a collection, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. did you choose? I actually brought a couple of uh, different small series that I have been working on. And um, so two different, kind of two different series and, and then a smattering of other work as well. What are the series? Well, one is a very a small collection of work that is just about a woman out in sort of the night outdoors in the world, kind of mysterious. And um, the other one is a series on beauty and her beast, which oh. I did a started a few years ago. So it seemed like a good place to hang the whole series. And is this not on there? I didn't. I was looking at. You have to go. You have to go see the show. (laughs) Not everything can fit on the card. Absolutely. And then, and then, before we we turn to Paulette to think about her work, I mean, um, how do you think? How does your work? How did you display your work in in relationship to Paulette's? Are they interdispersed? Are they all separate? Or um, how did? Because you all curate the exhibit. Yeah, exactly. We had uh, talked about different options, and um, it turned out that when we got there it seemed simplest just to really divide the space mm-hmm. in half that is and uh, it's a small enough space where the work still you, you still get a reading of the whole both of our work at the same time mm-hmm. and these are all paintings no uh yeah. well my work is yes they're paintings and work on paper well put mm-hmm. good thing you made that the subtitle of the show because it does make sense so what paintings and work on paper did you bring to the exhibit Paula and what sort of what brings all those pieces together for you is it another series or another collection of things 
Well, for the about the past six years, I've been working exclusively with the subject matter of birds. Um, I did choose work that came from three different bodies of work about, but it, it but it is all about birds. It's also all work on paper, and they are multimedia drawings, so they involve a little bit of paint sometimes, and sometimes pastel, mostly colored pencil. Um, and I think that the, our our work goes so well together because it feels very. They both feel so derived from nature. Mm. Um, so there's a there's a real compatibility theme wise there. I agree. the The nature theme is definitely ties it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, outdoorsy and aesthetic. You've each said a different word, and I I just noticed this that Paula, you've mentioned multimedia drawings and Lisa mentioned mixed media and and I personally don't know if there's a difference but I also think lots of people wouldn't know the difference if there is one experts on the subject or is that just a personal choice what you describe you know how you describe work that has sort of assemblage nature to it well I think that for me I call it multimedia um, because I start first with digital media. Okay. Um, mixed media, I think, is often just used to refer to the the tactile stuff that you put on a on the paper or on the canvas, like pastel or watercolor or pencil. More of a physical connotation. Yeah, yeah. To the term mixed media. Yeah, I think. But because because I first start with a digital print. Okay. That I blow up really large, and then I draw and paint on the entire surface of that. I've chosen to use the word. Oh, I see. So you'll find some kind of multimedia. image that you that you do. You literally that's your starting. I make the image. I make. Some I make the digital. I create mm-hmm. the digital image first. Yes. Oh, so yeah. I, I can see the difference there. Yeah. Then it's not quite just the same as choosing different types of mediums to put together. You your starting right. source is this multimedia thing mm-hmm. and how do you i mean you mentioned the natural elements to that i mean are there ways your work very much contrasts each other as far as you know if you come to the exhibit would you look and and see you know different the difference in styles i mean i think on the show card there's some very differences even just in these two pieces what do i you wonder see? what you think about each other's work i guess you know what do you see when you see your work next to lisa's and when you see your work next to paulette In a nice way. Oh, there's only nice things to say. <laughs> it, what do you well, admire about each well, other's certainly, work? I mean, they're very, very different. So yeah, there's no, there's no so mistaking too. walking into the gallery and being able to see that this is one person's work and this is another person's work. So there's no mistaking that. Um, you know, I find Lisa's work very atmospheric. It really draws me into a whole setting. Uh, a whole atmosphere, um, which I think is very different than than mine. I think and I, your I mean, work is more closely observed, uh, sort of one object, one being, mm-hmm. really looking more very closely and finely. Mm-hmm. I tend to, to put things more at a distance. Mm-hmm. Well, that I mean, that's a that's very astute. I mean, I've only had this. I haven't seen the exhibit yet, so I've only had the show card. Yeah, but there is this sense of like, where is the? How zoomed in are we mm-hmm. in our place? Mm-hmm. And 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 even in detail, then like, where does? Because this is. I don't even. This very detailed. 
foot I see on Paulette's side. Mm-hmm. And then this is much more evocative and suggestive on the Lisa side. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What is the, um, I have been, I've been to the library before, but what is um, contextually, you know, what can you say about the space? You've, you've obviously spent some time in it, setting up the exhibit. Um, it's a library mm-hmm. art gallery community mm-hmm. meeting space. Yes. This is, is this your local library? Yeah, it's very close to where I live. So I have spent a lot of, hours in the library i feel very much at home there it's almost the second home but uh it's also it's a very quiet the gallery is quiet peaceful not stuffy you know not in that way but it's just a it's a quiet contemplative place let's say when it isn't full of screaming uh (laughs) six-year-olds which it sometimes is right making gingerbread houses yes yes and i my children grew up at the library also mm-hmm. doing all of those children's activities. So well, that, it's really I mean, been a part of our whole family. One thing that stood out to me about the exhibit and, and the timing of it, right? You really have this nice timing. It was, it's November 30th to December 31st when a lot mm-hmm. of people are actually back in New Haven or back in the area or visiting yeah. family here. And I think we tend to think about the couple of galleries we might take people to mm-hmm. if you wanted to have an art experience you know i'm sure yale art gallery sees huge spikes in attendance around this time of year mm-hmm. um but if you were you know it really well i mean if you were a first timer and you were going to get on the road and yeah. go to the willoughby wallace memorial library you know what what would you expect to see well i think first you'd want to just drive through the village of stony creek mm-hmm. and drive past the water and look at look at the views it's you know winter but it Still. No, but there's nothing like the beach in it's, the winter. Yes, it's, a, it's lovely. And it's, it's a lovely quiet. little stretch. And after you just drive around a bit, yeah, the library is a little gem. It's uh, in a beautiful uh, little um, modernist building made of stony creek granite. And one thing I also really love about the building itself is that it was built in 1958, which was a very good year. For me. <laughs> if you know what I mean. If you know what I mean. <laughs> nudge, nudge. And is the gallery a totally separate room or yes, is your it work is. interdispersed? It's a, it's a totally separate room. They have musical events and speakers and readings, all kinds of things go on there. That's great. And I know before um, we started, Paulette, you'd mentioned there was an opening um, just this past Sunday. Yes. And how did it go? It was very well attended. Uh, I think that my impression is that the library is a little bit of a cultural center for the village. Uh, It happened to be the same night as the Christmas caroling and Mm -hmm. the Christmas tree lighting ceremony. And although I didn't get to see any of that, we didn't get to see any of that. There were, there were a lot of people coming and going the entire evening. It was really, Mm -hmm. really, really well attended. Good. I mean, and it's a time of year where you might want to, it's, do something uh, secular in nature, if you will, or you know, you yes. might want to do it's something. It's also Stony Creek is a great; it has a great walkability mm-hmm. factor. So that's a you know, you can sort of wander in and out of different things. There's some small shops and a couple of cafes, and there's a post office that's if great. you need stamps. Well, and you've got <laughs> one more event coming up. What you know, and it is a busy time of year, but on on this mm-hmm. Thursday, Not, December fifteenth. Yes, next. 
next this Thursday, week. December 15th, not not tomorrow, but right. a week from tomorrow on December 15th from 7 to 8, um, you have an artist talk. Yep. Yes. What is an artist talk? How do well, you we do don't know yet, but I think, uh, I don't know. We may divide it up again. I'm not sure. I'm yeah. Not sure. Yeah, we'll each talk about our inspirations, our techniques. Uh, answer questions. Yeah. When tell, I tell when stories I talk, related I love to the work. Questions. I love it if people ask me questions. That helps get me going. Yeah. Well. So I, please come it would and be, ask questions. Well, and it would be great <laughs> to come. I mean, and 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 Lisa, you were joking before the show that like obviously there's a challenging premise to a radio show that's about visual things in nature. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. wonderful when you can come to an exhibit and the artist is there and you can you know sort of talk from the perspective of the object. Um, rather than very metaphorically about it. So, I mean, yeah, I couldn't suggest more going. I'm, I'm sure that the turnout will be good if the turnout was good for the opening as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, aside from the show then, there's, I mean, I'd be curious to know, um, I've seen each of your names on a bunch of different kinds of exhibits and things like that. Are you exhibiting anywhere else coming up soon? How long out have you planned your exhibits? Or are you really focused on this one? And then... Um, it's going to take it from there. Do you have anything coming up, Paulette? I don't have anything coming up right now. Um, this is the last thing that has been on my schedule. I w- in the fall, I was in the faculty shows, both at Creative Arts Workshop and at University of Hartford, where, where I'm teaching right now. Um, so between those two in the fall and this now, uh, I have my platter full. So I, I'll, I think I'll take a, a break from showing and hide in my studio mm. and make more drawings. That's allowed. That's allowed. Anything coming up? Lisa? I feel very similar. Oh, really? Oh, you've had I've so had many shows busy, recently. Busy, uh, fall, especially. Well, I had a show in April at Gateway Community College Gallery, right up the street. And then I was involved in the fall in both City Wide Open Studios in New Haven and also the Shoreline Arts Trail Open Studio Weekend. So I've been very, very busy with all of that and all of the tangential tasks involved with all of that. And then this show, I'm ready to take a break and also just get back in the studio. Tis the season though, right? Tis the season to, <laughs> to, to wind time. down. Yeah. Um, I'm going to cheat for a second because your exhibit at Gateway was really, really, really interesting. Thank and you. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, Paulette, I but, but you should, if you could crack that open just a hair, because I just thought the premise was, um, was really, really yeah. smart as a, as both of you were, um, you know, educator. Right. Artists. It was about teaching, teaching drawing. And I actually would like to open that up again and, and possibly do it again somewhere or possibly in the same place and maybe invite some other teaching what artists. What was the title of it? I don't remember exactly. Um, uh, something, a diary, a teaching artist's diary in pictures. I forget. I, yeah. I gave well, it a very clever name. No, you did have a clever name, right but now. explain what it was about because it was, well, people don't I teach, know. I teach drawing at Gateway. So over the years, I have collected a lot of uh, demonstration drawings that I do standing in front of the class. They're done very casually, usually with charcoal on newsprint paper. Not meant to really be kept, but I have kept a lot of them. So I finally started organizing them and documenting them, and I thought it would be kind of a fun show, partly for my, for my own sake, just to take stock of what I've been doing and what I continue to do when I'm standing there in front of the class. 
So I put it all together. It was wonderful. No, it's a great, another great space. It, that is another secret gallery. That's it's true. We have to do one of those with the Gateway mm-hmm. Gallery. And that's really in a beautiful location, too. It, 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 you pass it. I pass it every single day. And I, you know, I rarely mm-hmm. go in. But um, it's a funny premise because in, in a, as a drawing teacher, you, you do have to create fresh a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, it was know, called Lesson Plans. There you teaching go. Teaching Artists Diary in Pictures. Yeah. Um, and that's different in every discipline. I mean, when you're teaching book arts, you don't necessarily create a partially finished book as you go, do you? Yes, you I actually do. I do. Oh no. <laughs> so you do, you get I, to make part, you know, parts, aspects, components. Yes, yes, because the teaching is about watch me do this, now you do it. Mm-hmm. Um so I have boxes full of partially finished books and it's actually giving mm-hmm. me an idea well of doing a, a case exhibit of yeah. of teaching mm-hmm. teaching book arts which would be really very very interesting to do yeah well we could take that offline we could yeah. figure it out yeah, I mean, yeah. it, every discipline has their own quirks like mm-hmm. that when you're teaching there's something you have to do i mean i bet a lot of ceramicists just you know recycle their clay but you also do need to make some work to a certain extent to practice mm-hmm. glazing and firing mm-hmm. and you know in printmaking you just you just make them. <laughs> you just well, go, 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 go. I feel that when I'm, when I'm teaching, I really, really benefit from actually drawing. It just it, it uh, just puts all of the knowledge into my own brain. It injects it into my brain and allows me then to talk about it. Without so, actually so you benefit from doing it, doing actively it, yeah. doing it, not yeah. just passively exactly. explaining. Not just talking about it. Oh, very interesting. Mental injection of something. And I think, Visual. I think students really like to watch teachers work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at, at certainly college and adult level, they're very, very interested in just kind of looking over your shoulder and watching how you do things. So that becomes that demonstration aspect, mm-hmm. I think, becomes really, really important mm-hmm. to effective teaching. Is there an extreme to that? Do you ever find if you've demonstrated a technique or a, a style that then all of the sudden you're getting all of that coming through on in, in the classroom with your students very directly? Or do you feel like it's a piece of create or you know, creativity? Are they emulating your your personal expression? Or are they inspired well, by your personal ins- expression to create something in that's my their case, own? I'm teaching um in this in this instance, I'm teaching drawing one, foundation drawing. So any emulation is a is a good thing, and it's not really taken, usually taken very far, so it it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I do find at a certain point in this semester that I feel better. About, I I feel the need to step back a little bit. That's what I was thinking. In order yeah, to was, let yeah. them not become overly dependent upon me showing them how to do things. So about midway through the semester, I start uh, really stepping back from doing the demonstrations. And do more just talking. Mm. Talk, figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really more the way that I was taught. I I think it's a little bit different teaching book arts because I'm teaching a craft as opposed to teaching expression. Um, So the demonstration uh, goes on continually throughout the semester. Um, And I do want them to emulate me. I want them to learn how to the technical. To, the technical aspects, uh, and I and I need to repeat that over and over again so that people can kind of get the details. Yeah, yeah. 
And by the way, uh, some of the work that was in the show that I had was actually done at Creative Arts Workshop, I believe. A small, I think a so smaller too. portion of it, but over some classes that I have taught there over the years as well. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, we'll come back to the exhibit. We're already out of the exhibit, which is fine. But I was wondering, um, something we like to talk about on the show is sort of locality. You you live, you all live in and around New Haven. How did you end up in New Haven, Paulette? Uh, I ended up in New Haven about 31 years ago uh, because my husband came here for uh, graduate studies. There you go. Um, yeah. So then and we stayed. As <laughs> resident artists who live in and around New Haven, um, you know, everyone probably has different places of inspiration, things that keep them here, things that motivate their work. I mean, are you motivated by the geography around us or the galleries around us or the community of artists or the community you have of non-artists that are here? Um, you know, what, what sort of stimulates your creativity in here, mm-hmm. if anything? Or do you rather just go to New York and find your, you know, creative no, stimulus no, there? No, 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 no. Well, yes, but not, not giving this up. It's yeah. the, the natural beauty and the. Are there any specific places I'd love to know? You know, just you know, places you go and you're, you know, when you're when you go back to your studios over the next couple of months because you're done exhibiting. Right. You know, where will you turn to? Well, for me, because of my subject matter, um, of birds, which evolved out of becoming a bird watcher. Mm-hmm. Um, the very fact that New ha- the New Haven area is such a rich area for bird life is a huge inspiration for me. And I would say that East Rock Park is my go-to place for clearing my head, for taking my binoculars and seeing what's there at any time of the year. Mm-hmm. So is New Haven... Uh, or this region better for birding than other regions? Because that would be a fun fact. It is. It is. It's a it's a migratory flyway. So both on the uh, the the northern migration in the spring and the southern migration in the fall, but especially in the northern migration, uh, this area is especially rich in in birds coming through, not just in birds that that are here year round. Mm-hmm. And at this time of year in the winter. Um, we have shoreline birds that have come from the Arctic to spend the winter here where it's nice and warm. Wow. So it's it's a very, very this rich natural know. area. No, but that's a great way. I mean, no kidding. That's a yeah. great piece of inspiration yeah. then if this is sort of somewhat of an epicenter that yeah. I didn't know about. Yeah, and East Rock Park and part of the, um, I'm afraid I don't remember the name, the the park in New Haven that's, is it West River that's over by Westville, the Westville area, that all that wooded area? Yeah. That and East Rock Park have been designated uh, what's called an IBA, Important Bird Area, which is an international designation for um, an important bird area in terms of... <laughs> speaks for itself. It's speaks a great, for itself. It's a yeah, great acronym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Any places like that for you, Lisa? Mm, probably just my backyard. But I would, in general, it's it's the water and the woods and the rocks as far as the natural beauty here. And then, of course, there's the Yale Art Gallery. Yeah. That, too. <laughs> you can't excuse, you can't leave that off the list. 
It it is a very rich area in terms of other artists. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I don't want to minimize that as well. I mean, I, I think that there's a terrific community of artists, and I have lots of great friends that are artists. Uh, for many years, I was a member of City Gallery mm-hmm. on State Street in New Haven, which is loaded with people who either teach at or who have been students at Creative Arts Workshop. Um, and you know, it's a, it's generally a very supportive mm-hmm. and nurturing community for people who are who are working on art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times when we when I have individual artists, th- there's so many natural answers to that question. I mean, mm-hmm. it is amazing how we live in this you know small mm-hmm. urban area, mm-hmm. but so much of our our creativity comes from hitting the beach or going mm-hmm. birding. Well, it's wonderful you can do both of those things. Yeah, within just driving twenty minutes one yeah. direction or the other you can have either the ultimate urban experience or the shoreline or the woods, and right. it's all mm-hmm. so close and convenient. All right, well, I have two other questions that will take some time, but also um, then we'll reiterate the details of the show because I definitely mm. want people to go. Yes. So one of sure. the inspirations I had. For for this show altogether was I really think the um, you know the Willoughby Wallace Library is this hidden gem of a gallery and I love having the hidden gems of galleries on mm-hmm. and um, aside from so we'll exclude Yale cent- you know, Yale centric galleries though if your family is in town you should bring them to those places but mm-hmm. if you've already brought your family to go see those galleries what are some other hidden gem types of places to see art doesn't have to be a a gallery per se in the same way that this library is not really on the gallery circuit but what are some other you're you are artists who've worked in this community for much longer than uh, i have so what are some other secret hidden gem types of galleries in this region that you would say put on your list you can tell no one's even listening to the show you can tell them what the secret places are (laughs) I'm sure people are well, listening, but you're, I see you're, you're thinking, I don't want to tell them to uh, go to that place because yeah, then, then everybody's be going to go. Anymore. It won't be a secret anymore. <laughs> well, other than, and of course, creative arts. You're allowed to say that. Um, on Audubon. And well, there's the, what about the Fairhaven uh, furniture store? They have a gallery that's quite hidden. Fairhaven Woodworks has a gallery that's quite hidden, yes, in, fa- in the Fairhaven part of, of It's definitely Haven. worth a trip mm-hmm. for if you like beautiful things mm-hmm. so, of and all their, types. Yeah, in their big furniture room, they curate local artists hanging, mm-hmm. hanging the work. And there's two artist-run galleries um, in New Haven. That would be Keller Lydell Gallery in Westville mm-hmm. and City Gallery on State Street in New Haven. And those have vital shows and vital communities. And Westville has... Westville area of New Haven has other mm-hmm. a Westville gallery galleries uh, that are quite vital. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always mention the to parallel the Willoughby Wallace, but the Ives branch downtown of the library has this really nice little That's gallery right. in there that where I had be, a show. I almost have. forgot about that one. That was in <laughs> September. It's been a busy year. It's been a busy year. No, I I just think there's so many little alternative gallery mm-hmm. spaces and there's so much value in going to those spaces because you can get a lot out of a, a an intimate experience like that mm-hmm. compared to these somewhat mm-hmm. insurmountable visits to um, the Center for British Art or the Yale Art Gallery. You could, you could spend all day at each of those places. Um, there are many eating establishments that have that hang the work of local artists. Oh, like what? Um, like Christopher Martin's mm-hmm. on State Street, uh, Atticus Bookstore Cafe mm-hmm. on Chapel Street. Um, 
I think coffee mm-hmm. on Audubon Street. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, also as I said, I'm involved in the Shoreline Arts Trail, and that's primarily only in the month of November where studios are open, people open their studios. But we also do some uh, shows um, in conjunction with that at Friends and Company, a little restaurant in Guilford on Route One. Ooh, okay. And also the Wall Street Gallery in Madison. Oh, and of course, geez, I had another show this year at the Madison Art Cinema. Oh, well, that's a double Madison, whammy. Which is a movie theater, a tiny mm. little movie theater, and uh, they show art. Mm. On. That's a brilliant little connection. Yeah. That That's a great little trip out to Madison rather than... And you can see a movie, too, Ooh. if you have time. And go to the bookstore across the street. You know, another one comes to mind. The Institute Library on Chapel Street has a lovely little exhibit space uh, with rotating shows there. Nice. Mm -hmm. So if you dig around, Mm -hmm. you'll find some art almost anywhere. You don't need to just go to the ones you know, (laughs) the ones you've been to before, or the ones that were recently renovated for multi-millions of dollars. Off the beaten trail. Yeah. So then in an effort to to say that, you know, we would love to drive some people to come see your exhibit. And I'll vamp for a second because I'm going to ask you the challenging question, which is to sort of describe um, one of your one of your favorite pieces that you've each put in this exhibit and what would be stand out about it. You could even think about it in the context of you're at the artist talk. And, you know, um, I'd be curious if there's sort of a story or some kind of interesting anecdote or just a piece that really resonates with you of yours that you've put in this exhibit um, just as a little teaser to suggest to someone that, uh, yeah, I'll take the drive out to Stony Creek and grab a pizza and sit by the beach and then I'll go see this exhibit. Did I give you enough time to think about a sort of favorite piece or something that you think is standout or something that has a little story to it? Well, I already mentioned my series on beauty and her beast which depicts these two characters in a wooded place and how they may or how they may interact. How many in the series? I have six pieces up Mm -hmm. currently. There's a few more that are not in the show, but that's that's what's in the show. And how did you get, I mean, how did you get to this idea then? How did you get Beauty and the Beast as your topic? Uh, Gradually, pieces of it came to me. Over over time, gradually, pieces, working with landscape, working with the figure, working with the landscape and the figure. Mm. All right, so we'll find that piece, that those six pieces, that series, and we're there. Yes. Soon enough. What do you think, Paulette? Anything that would you would definitely want to mention at your artist talk, for instance, as a little preview? So I have a, uh, one of the drawings is about three feet square, um, and it was inspired by a friend calling me up and telling me that he had a pile of vines that he was saving for me. (laughs) People do that. They save various kinds of natural objects. And now I know what to do with my vines. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I, I received them in a, in a, laundry basket uh, as one would as one would of course um, and promptly laid them in a bundle on my flatbed scanner and that and scanned them in to my computer so that 
was part of the inspiration for this very large drawing. Bundle of vines. A bundle of vines wow. was the start of it, yes. That is very. So look for the bundle of vines. Look for beauty and the beast. And um, I'll just reiterate the details on this and, and correct me if I'm wrong at all, but the exhibit is open right now. Mm -hmm. yes. So you could keep driving and you'll lose 103.5 FM as you get too far out of New Haven, but... Um, and it's open through the it's 31st. a 10-minute drive from New Haven. Oh, that's approximately. not so bad. Not far. Um, it's open Monday through Thursday from 10 to 8, Friday and Saturday from 10 to 5, and Sundays from 1 to 4. And this talk, which is a week from tomorrow on December 15th, mm -hmm. is from 7 to 8, which would be another great chance for people to meet you both mm -hmm. and to mm -hmm. explore the work, object right in hand. Mm -hmm. Um ready to go so i really hope that people can go see double vision paintings and work on paper and i'm really grateful for you guys for coming in and talking about your visual work which is you know the ever challenge of this show mm -hmm. so thank you dan yeah i hope people get to see it and we'll be back in two weeks i hope that if you enjoyed the show you'd um, share it along to other people who you think would enjoy it and enjoy this exhibit and we'll see you soon take care thank you